Welcome to the C3V podcast. Stan, that is my message for today, or my title for today. Um, you know, this is no uh, fancy CFC areas. Um, there's a little inspiration behind the, uh, the artwork up here, but if you know, you know, and if you don't, well, I'm not going to tell, tell you. Um, <laughs> It's, uh, but anyway, but Stan, yeah, this isn't, I, I don't feel like this is like a series or anything. I feel like this is just something that God dropped in. It's just like a prophetic shot into our church that I heard, and I feel like, well, if I'm feeling it, I'm going to say it. So here we go. I'm trying to really rein that in so it's when I feel it and hear God, I say it, not just what comes into my brain and then I say it. Because that doesn't work out for anybody, especially, especially me. All right. Uh, if you have your um, Bibles, oh, anyway, I'm going to look at two verses today. Uh, two is, the first one is Revelation 5 and verse um, 6. Let's just abbreviate because we're on the go. And it says this, And between the throne and the four living creatures among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. Between the throne and the four living creatures among the elders, I saw a lamb, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. And then we're also going to look at Ephesians 6. Uh, it's like 10 through to 20, end of Ephesians. It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be, be able to withstand in the day of evil. And having done all, and having done all of that to stand firm, stand. When you've done all, stand. So we're looking this morning, uh, you know, a brief, a brief kind of overview of the book of Ephesians. I'm just going to steal it from the introduction that the passage Tran translation did because it was way better than anything that I couldn't have written. So Ephesians is a great summary description of all that is precious and esteemed in the Christian doctrine and Christian living. Paul firmly plants the cornerstone of our faith in this powerful letter, cementing in its few pages the position and the authority of the church over every other force. The theme of Ephesians is that God will one day submit everything under the leadership of Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church and the fullness of God in human flesh. He gives his church extraordinary power to walk filled with the Holy Spirit, revealing the nature of God in all things. Jesus loves the church and cherishes everything about her. The church is God's new humanity, one new man. It's the new temple where God's glory dwells. And the church is the bride of Christ, beloved partner who is destined to rule with him. He gives us both men and women the grace to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers who will feed and encourage the church to rise higher. The greatness of God streams from Jesus Christ into the hearts of every believer. These are the themes of Ephesians. And I said all that because now we're going to go right to the end of Ephesians. And Paul says, and finally, be strong. 
when you've done, when you're all of that in mind, all taking all that I've said and all that I've placed, finally remember this: be strong. Now you've got to think that that where Paul is writing this isn't isn't the easiest of place. He's in prison right now. Paul's in Rome, in prison, reminding us to be strong. Paul's journey, even Paul's journey to get to prison wasn't easy. You know, he got arrested in Jerusalem and then he was shipped off and taken to Rome. And while he's on the boat, they face things like um, unfavorable winds, dangerous seas, hurricanes. They got off course. They got shipwrecked. He even got bitten by a snake. Like, it's, it's just... And when they finally got to Naples, when they finally got to the coast that is Italy... He then they said, all right, now you get to walk the rest of the way. It's not just up the street too. We're talking a long, long walk. But God, but in Isaiah, God says this, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you go through the rivers, they won't overwhelm you. And you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. You see, our storms of life, you know, they can be full of wild events that, that, that leave, leave you shipwrecked. Or maybe it's just really long, drawn-out, slow walks to your final destination, which in Paul's case was prison. Uh, but the reminder from Paul is that even in all of that, we need to stay strong. That you need to stay planted. That you need to stay strong. Because a lot of God's promises aren't to get us out of things, they're to get us through things. You see, and we're saying, it's, and that's why James had to write in the message, he said this, don't prematurely try and get out of anything. Because we're like, God, you've got to get me out of this. And God's like, oh no, you need this. <laughs> you don't know it. <laughs> I know it. You need this. And those literally, James, James's, that was James James's first words to the church. That's like if you, you know, it, the books weren't written Matthew and then Mark and then Luke and then John. Like, that's not how the, James was the first guy to write to the early church. And his first words to the early church are basically considered a gift when you go through stuff. Oh, great. We're off to a really good start here. Thanks. Thanks, James. It's not like James had an easy job either. He was the brother of Jesus. How's that for a tough gig? Why aren't you more like your brother? Anyway, moving right along. But these were the first things. And James says, and in the middle of it, just stay strong. Don't, don't jump ship. You know, you can even take, you can take the imagery of Paul was shipwrecked. The ship's going down and they were still grabbing on to, lo- to bits of the boat to stay afloat. Like, even when it's going down, don't, don't get off. Like, hang on. This is the answer. Just stay strong. And it's easy for that. Even Paul, like, it doesn't make it easy. Because even Paul wrote things like this. Uh, God, you know, um, like, get me out. Like, take, take this thorn from me. Like, I've got to get out of this. this I'm, I'm struggling right now, God. This is really tough. So even though he's writing words like stay strong, you know, we still all go through stuff. And God's answer was, no, my grace is sufficient. I know Paul's character. I'm sure it wasn't, bless you, Lord, when he heard that one. But when we're going through things, it teaches us this, that God is in control. That's what we've got to stay strong about, that God is in 
control, that it's not just like it's up to us to make stuff happen. You get plenty of leadership books that are like, oh yeah, you just got to do this and you got to do that and this will happen. No. Sometimes we just go through stuff and all you can do is stay strong. You know, everybody's journey is different. So here in bold, in capitals, I put this, so stop comparing. Stop looking at their journey and saying it's different to my journey, so I must... No, everyone's journey is different. Shipwrecks and snake bites, the whole bit, it's all part of the journey. And Paul even wrote, you know, I've been shipwrecked, but he also wrote, but all things work together for good. You know, and it's like, my journey can be rough, but I know who's in control. My journey can be... Out of, not what I had at all. You know, God had been speaking to Paul about going to Rome. You know, it were, you know, he had this, like he'd had the word, he'd had the prophecy, but getting there was nothing like he thought it would be. Full of ups and downs. Stop controlling. I put here, not just, we don't just need to be strong outwardly, but we all also need to be strong internally. Man, we're in a time of history where people get hurt all the time. It's like I'm just out. We, you know, you hurt my feelings. You can't say that. I'm hurt. I'm wounded. I'm so wounded. We watched this show, an Australian uh, reality show, whatever. They have to build a house. Oh, joke. A couple on there spent every other episode talking about how hurt they were. Oh, they said this. Oh, I'm wounded. You know, you disrespecting me. I'm wounded. I'm hurt. I'm like, like we just. We just, you know, people get offended at what you say. People get offended at what you don't say. Oh, you should have said, it's like you, you just can't win. Proverbs says it like this, an offended person is harder to win than a strong city. Ain't that the truth? But this is what I've known, that offenses always start really small. It's rarely a huge offense. I kind of think about like, have you ever got a, like a little stone in your shoe? It's so annoying. It starts off little small and you're trying to, you try and deal with it and you, you know, you're, you're doing a bit of this, you know, it's, uh, but it's there and, and slowly it's like these little stones come up and that's typically what people trip over. They, you, you trip over a stone, you don't trip over a boulder. You know, there's a giant rock in the middle of Australia, I can guarantee you that no one's ever tripped, tripped over it. But on the path on the way up to it, there's all these ridiculous little stones and I'm sure they've stumbled on the way. It's the little stones that get us. And when we look through Scripture, we can see that stones got used for all different things. You see, they used stones back then to build walls and sometimes I feel like that's what, what we can do. That we can take these little stones of offences and we can start to build walls with them. It just starts off as a little, it's just one and then it's two and three and then it's five and six and seven, and all of a sudden there's a barrier between you and people. Or there's a barrier, more importantly, between you and God. And somehow you've let your offenses build this wall that's in front of you. You know, stones were also used in Scripture just to hurt people. It says all the time they dragged, they dragged, dragged him out of the city and stoned him. Sometimes Scripture is like really explained. It says, and they stoned him with stones. Okay, anyway, moving on. It's just, you can see where my brain goes sometimes. It's not, it's not good. Stones, though, are all, were also used in Scripture to win battles. It was David who went down to a stream. It was David 
who pushed past his whole uh, history of his earlier life of being overlooked, over forgotten, put out to pasture, just ignored. It was, it was him who pushed past and was able to pick up a few of those little stones, those little, those little victories that he's had, and he won a battle for others. That's what our stones can do. And then also, too, they were used, stones were used to build altars. And I think that is one of the most important things that we can do with our stones. You see, last week we heard that, that Noah came out of his ark and he built an altar. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been on a road, road trip. But, well, let me put it this way. If you've ever been on a road trip with me, there's plenty of offend fences that go on. Uh, during that, and when, and when you get out of it, when you get to the end of it, you know, you've got to do something with all of that. And they just journeyed along, and on the other side of a journey, on the other side of transition, they had to come out and say, all right, I've got to lay down all these stones, and I'm going to build an altar to God. Because here is what the best thing about doing, about when they built altars was, is that they built an altar, they declared it to God, and then they left it, and they walked away. They didn't pick up the stones and put them back in their pockets and take their offenses with them. They left it behind. And I think as we're going through this, you know, a transition time, that we're going to keep taking our stones and building altars. We're going to keep taking our offenses and putting them down. You know, any transition is full of offenses. It's just, it's just going to happen. And the Bible says in Hebrews that we're now living stones building a spiritual house. You and me coming together are what builds a new altar for God. You see, this new space at the Beaumont, it ticks a lot of boxes. So many boxes. But this, it's not perfect. And somewhere, somewhere along the line, it, you might get offended during the process. When someone says, can you move 200 chairs down? No, I'm just kidding. We're not going not gonna to go that way. But there'll be moments where you might get offended. And my challenge to you this morning is what are you going to do with those stones? Are you going to carry them along? Are you going to use them to hurt other people? Are we going to throw those stones at each other? Or are we going to make an altar together and say, God, just you know, pour out your spirit on this? You know, I love the image of God just setting altars on fire. Like, God, I'm leaving this here, and you just burn that up. Because I don't ever want to come back here. I don't want to ever pick this back up again. Just get rid of this thing. We've got to leave it behind, you see. Because the church, it's not, it's not a building. You know, we've just been talk, talking about this over the past few weeks. But his house is just people bound together by their relationship with Jesus. We're imperfect people serving a perfect God. And this... Our call is this, just be the church, love the church, serve the church, care for the church, build the church. We come together as living stones to build the church. And our conclusion needs to be the same as what Paul's conclusion gets to. Because he says this, be strong because we don't fight, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Don't be fighting the wrong fight. If you're fighting with your family, it's the wrong fight. If you're fighting with your spouse, it's the wrong fight. If you're fighting with a neighbor, if you're fighting with a work colleague, 
a colleague. If you're, if you're fighting with the government, I don't know, if you're fighting the system, you're fighting the man, you're fighting ICBC, whatever it is, if that's where our fighting is, it's the wrong fight because our fight is not against flesh and blood. We've got to make sure that we're fighting the right fight. Nehemiah said this, those who carried the burdens, carried the burden of the church, carried the burden of the vision, were loaded in such a way that each lay labored on the work with one hand, with one hand, and held a weapon with the other. Now, I think we're so called to hold a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other. We need to build the house and we need to fight for the house. You know, somewhere along the line, that got all mixed up and we hit each other with hammers and we try and stab each other in the back. Like, that's not what the hammer and the sword were for. <laughs> but we've got to build and we've got to fight. And we've got to make sure that we're fighting the right fight. We're not just out here picking fights, that we're fighting the actual fight. And it says, why others were mocking Nehemiah, he was building. Let's not go get so caught up in the wrong fight that we miss building the house of God. It's just we say, okay, well, we set that down, and this is my fight. This is what we're fighting for, and that's what I choose. It's not against my brother or my sister. I'm fighting against principalities and powers, those are above us. I've got to make sure that we pick the right fight. And Paul says, be strong. And then he says, be prepared. Take up the whole armor of God. You see, our tools are not the same as what the world uses. You know, here he talks about the things like, like the belt of truth. I love that that's the first one. You know, being truthful is the first tool that we've got to use. We've got to put that on first. Put on the truth first. Not our feelings, but the truth. Let's put that on first. And he talks about all different things here, like the breastplate of righteousness, just covering your heart. You know, shoes of peace, standing firm. We'll look at it in a minute. Shield of faith, you know, it's a defensive weapon, helmet of salvation, you know, peace of mind, and the sword of the spirit so we can attack and fight. And all of those is just Paul reiterating the need for divine armor if the Christian is to stand against, you know, Paul says it here, the powers in the day of evil. Ooh, sounds spooky, right? Sounds spooky. And it's so easy to get, oh yes, there's coming a day of great evil. No, this was just, this was Paul talking nice in, in not today's vernacular. He already said this, all my days are evil. You know what? Bad days happen to us all. That's what he's saying. Like, stuff happens. You know, you've got to really watch how you speak. But all my days, they're bad. Like, I'm having bad, I'm in prison right now, guys. Like, my days are bad. Things happen. But it's like, but I've got to be prepared. We're not a natural person trying to conquer a spiritual experience. We're a spiritual person trying to conquer a natural experience. So we've got to pick the right fight. You know, and as Paul writes this, Paul's writing this, you know, you could say, oh, he's writing in Rome. He's not in some, you know, beautiful Italian countryside villa, penning the notes, you know, dear Ephesians. Make sure to pick up your full garments of the Lord. You know, he's not, he's not having a great time here. He's in jail. He's literally handcuffed to a soldier in a prison. 
but it's there that but it's bad bad days happen to us all. That's what he's trying to say. Like, I'm in a bad spot. All my days are bad. It's bad all the time. But it's from that spot that he can write like letters to the Ephesians, like we're reading about. It says, like, put on the full armor, you know, make the most of every opportunity is his cry. He pens a letter to the Philippians saying this. God will complete what he starts from prison chains. He writes a letter to the Colossians and he says, put on, put on love and, and just have a heart of forgiveness from prison, chained up. Because here's the deal, not every trial is an attack. You know, we're just like, oh, you know, again, James is saying, don't try and get out of it prematurely. Don't Try and jump out of this situation. You see, we pray these prayers to God to get us out because we don't want to go through the stuff. (laughs) We don't want the battles. We don't want the lows. We don't want the scars. We don't want the, like, mistakes to restore, the sickness to heal, the lost to found, the destroyed to rebuilt. But it's through these moments that we are refined and we are molded And we are created into the people that we are called to be. And perhaps we all need to go through the process of time to get to the place that God has in store for us. Because this is what the scripture says, that the light, it shines in the darkness. That even though all my days are evil, all my days are bad, the light can shine into the darkness. Psalm says this, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Oh, brutal. Joseph's life was, and it's, but you know, it's like, oh, it's a test, God, get me out of, get me out of this, you know. But it's, but it's no, God, it's not a trial, it's God testing us. It's us seeing what actually lies. As he peels back the layers, what's actually in there. Because we can hide some stuff so well. How it says, no, I've got to get through these layers. To, if I'm going to fulfill your dreams, I've got to test your character. So don't try and get out of anything prematurely. Don't try and jump shit. Don't try and get out. You see, Joseph was 17 when God called him to be a ruler. And from that moment, his family hated him. And then... Not only that, it was then 22 years before it came to pass. 22 years of God testing Joseph's character. We're like, no God, you gave me the prophecy last week. Tomorrow I should be international minister of the Lord. It's like, no, we're on a bit of a journey. The road may not be easy. However, the process is the preparation. Because it's during that time you find you 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 find the line in the sand that you draw. You find the hill that you will die on. You find the cry of I am who you say I am. And Joseph's reward for his faithfulness and his strong character was prison. Wow. Thank you. But prison prison turned him before he went to prison, he was a receiver of dreams. But while he was in prison, he became an interpreter of dreams. 
Before he went into prison, it was all about him. When he was in prison, it turned his focus into how he could help others. And it was being an interpreter that unlocked the doorway into his future of getting out of prison. The process, it prepares you. Who you are in the through is important as who you are at the end. Stop trying to jump ship. Stop trying to get out. Stop trying to leave things prematurely. Man, I just think of people in our church who've walked through stuff and the whole time they've just blessed others. Even though they've been suffering. Even though they've been taking it. Because he will get you through. So Paul writes, be strong. He says, prepared. And then he says, stand firm. And having done all, to stand firm and done everything I can to be strong and everything to make sure I'm prepared. He says, now stand firm. And when you stand firm, then stand. Just stand, having done all. So many stories where it's people like this. I think of like the woman with the issue of blood. And it says for 12 years, 12 years may as well be a lifetime. I don't know if you've ever walked through anything at all, uh, but a week's enough, or a month is enough, or a year is enough. When you start hitting a decade of issues, like you're just like, well, this, I guess this is it. I guess this is, and it's it. You know, she was, she would have been marked as unclean. She would have been as an outcast. She couldn't, like, she wouldn't have been able to go to the synagogue. She was. It was. It says that she suffered, and she spent everything that she had, and she was no better off. I put here, she was battered, bruised, broken, and banned. But she stands firm and she says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. If I could, if, that's, that's, that's what standing firm in faith is. Is this that in spite of my circumstances, in spite of what's going on around me, I will stand firm. So after doing it all, will you stand? Will you stand? <laughs> you know, this... Let's get emotional for a minute. This week we lost a, a friend, friend of ours. But all, all through it, was a man of faith said that even though my circumstances aren't showing any relief, I stand and I believe in you. And when I've done all that, I'll stand. And even, even when his legs were failing, he made a point to stand. Because that's what faith is. You see, the purpose of of faith is not results. It's about standing. It's about standing firm. You see, Hebrews says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of unseen, that says that even when I don't see it, I can stand. Even when it's not there, when, it, when it, I can't see any of it, I will stand. And we love that beginning of Hebrews 1, of, of Hebrews 11. But when you get to the end of Hebrews 11, and it says, and all of these, it goes through a list of people as well, all of these, though condemned, 
through their faith did not receive what was promised since God had provi- uh, provided something better for us. You see, faith is more about a relationship than it is about an outcome. It's more about who I'm looking to and what I'm standing on than it is any result. That's what it comes to. And that story of the issue of blood is kind of split into two as Jairus had, had, had already come and said to Jesus, look, my daughter's dying, can you come? And in the midst of that, Jesus stops to heal someone. And in the midst of someone else's miracle, Jairus gets word that his daughter has died. He gets the worst news possible. And I think sometimes that's how faith. It's like I'm standing here and I'm believing. And while I'm believing, I'm seeing others healed of what I'm believing for. I'm seeing others get the breakthrough that I'm looking for. And it's like, how do we respond in that time? And I love it. And Jesus turns to him and says, don't fear, only believe. Now, that's a great fridge magnet. But that is so hard to walk through. And in the midst of all this, but when we know what we stand on, we know where we're standing firm on. It's when these moments that don't, when our timeline doesn't align with God's time timeline, when things are missing or they seem late or seem forgotten, it's in those moments. And I love this story because then Jesus completely takes over the story. There's no more mention of Jairus. He put his faith in Jesus, and then it's all about Jesus, the end of the story. He takes over, and he says things like this. What, you think she's dead? No, 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 she's just sleeping. He takes over. You see, we might have the facts, but Jesus is the resurrection. And he says that same spirit, that same resurrecting spirit, that same spirit that when things don't look like they're going to plan, and it looks like things are over, That is when that spirit can stir up inside of you and that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. You see, as you're reading Scripture, you've got to get the details. And in Revelation, as I start to wrap up, because we... Ooh, yeah. It says this, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. When you're reading Scripture, details matter. You've got to pick up, like Paul was quite um, overt in how he expressed his theology and led us down a path. John was the more artistic, creative one. He liked metaphors. He liked illusions. So you've got to pick up the details. So when he says, I saw the same standing, you go, well, what's, what's all that about? How's that important? When you, go, when you look back at John 20, and John 20 is all about the resurrection of Jesus. You see this, you see that it says uh, in verse 14, and well, let's go here, in verse 13. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, and they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. And having this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing. 
And then we jump down to verse 19. It says, On the evening of the first of that day, the first day of the week, the doors were being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood amongst them. Over in 26, it says, Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood amongst them. 21 verse 4 says this, Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. This is what we're... There's no point in John's gospel where the resurrected Jesus was ever laying down. There was no point where he looked like he was slain. This is, the, this is the image that John wants to give me. That even though it looks like you should be slain, that when you stand firm, that when you plant yourself, that you can stand in spite of it. That when people look and they say this, oh, no, no, I know what they're going through. There's no way they should be standing up right now. I know the battle that they're facing. I know what they've taken on. There's no way they should be standing on. But we can stand firm because he stood firm. We can stand because he was standing. And the slain but standing imagery sets the tone of what true conquest looks like in life of who we follow as the Lamb. You see, there is, there was, and there's always been a plan. And that plan was Jesus. See, the cross, it wasn't an accident, it wasn't a mistake, it wasn't a misstep, it wasn't a hiccup, it's not a plan B, it wasn't a failure. It was the plan. And, and all through Scripture we see it, but it didn't end at the cross. It didn't end with Jesus dying, and that was the end of the story. This wasn't like the martyred hero in a movie. Part A. Part B was three days later. He walks out of the tomb. And when they come and they say, where is Jesus? Because he's meant to be lying down in a tomb. Scripture says that he was standing. When he was meant to be slain, he was standing. When it was meant to be finished, he was standing. When it was meant to be over, he was standing. When it looked like the enemy had had the last laugh, he was standing. He was standing. So why do we stand? Because he stands. And so as Paul writes through that, as he writes these words, as he says, you know, be prepared. Pick your fights. But above all, stand firm. He's saying you can stand firm because Jesus stands firm. You can stand firm because Jesus stands firm. Because the results of all of this are not, uh, it's not about results. It's always about the relationship. And we can build on not just being strong outwardly, but also being strong internally. Because God promises to get you through. And we can stand and we can plan ourselves firm and we can hold on to the promises of God. We can build our lives on scriptures like He's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. 
that's what we can hold on to. That's what we can stand firm on. We can stand firm on scriptures like he plans to have a good for you and a plan for you and a purpose for you. That's what you can stand on. You can stand firm on scriptures that say he is the perfecter of all that concerns you. Not some of what concerns you, but all of what concerns you. You can stand firm on things like he will give you peace that passes all understanding. So when the storms rage and the shipwrecks happen, that is, these are the words and these are the scriptures and this is the book that we can build our life on because he stands firm. Why don't you stand up this morning? Thanks for listening to the C3V podcast. To find out more about our church, visit us at c3v.ca.